Welcome to Video Village. I'm Mihir Shah and this is the 2023 Movie Draft. We're going to be talking about our most anticipated movies of this year and trying to assemble the best top 10 list that we can. Joining me in this challenge is my good friend Parva Gandalia. How you doing Parva? Doing well. Thanks for having me on. couple weeks ago we were talking about 2022 and now we're jumping into uh to the future how are you feeling just like looking at the roster looking at what we're able to choose from this year you know i feel pretty good after reviewing everything that's going to come out um i did a fair bit of research i was poking around on letterboxd and some other websites just to make sure i got everything and i think it's going to be a pretty interesting year yeah i agree i think this is the like you know 2022 is like fine when it comes to blockbusters and theatrical releases but i think this is actually going to be a year where every couple of months like everybody's going to be rushing to theaters to see a couple of these movies and in between through those like hype moments there's going to be a lot of uh like hidden gems coming out of the coming out of the works all right let's just jump into it man we got we got a lot of movies to talk about and I'm excited to see, you know, what gets chosen in like the first and second rounds here because these are going to be pivotal in terms of like setting the tone for our lists. Um, so for the listener, we're going to be doing a snake draft. So whoever picks first will pick one movie and then the second person will pick their first two movies. And then from there on, we will pick, pick two movies uh, at once and keep going until we have a list of 10. And then we'll compare them at the end and ask you guys who, uh, who, who you think won. Brother, do you have a preference as to going first or second? I'll just go first. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> All right. Um, great. So I think number one pick. This I think this is going to surprise some people. Uh, I definitely think it's going to surprise you here. Um, but I think I'm going to have to go with Barbie. Wow. I am okay. so excited for this Barbie movie. I have no idea what's going to happen in it. I've only seen kind of one teaser trailer for it. Um, when I was watching something else in the theater, it came on and it was really short and it was kind of doing a parody of 2001 A Space Odyssey. Um, and it, it looks like it's going to be funny. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited for this. Uh, I think Greta Gerwig is doing some really interesting stuff. Um, yeah, I haven't seen Little Women but uh, heard good things, and we got a great cast. You know, Margot Robbie, Ryan Gosling, I mean, Will Ferrell, Michael Sarah, uh, Emma Mackey from Sex Education on Netflix is a great series. Yeah, uh, I didn't know Will Ferrell Kate McKinnon, was in this movie. That's great. Simu Liu, like this is stacked, man. Um, so I'm just really interested to see how this movie is going to turn out. I think it's it's going to be a, an experience. So I'm I am shocked that you picked this because I was gonna definitely pick this in my first round if I got two picks. I don't know what would have been my first, but I don't think it would have been Barbie. That's that's very surprising. But I will say, fantastic pick. I'm I'm looking forward to this as well. I have seen Little Women, came out uh, in 2019, and it was fantastic. I think Greta Gerwig like handled it very well as an adaptation, and you know assembled a great cast in that movie too so I, I trust her with like a large ensemble i think she's gonna know what to do with these people um have you seen ladybird because i have not seen that movie i have seen ladybird and i i thought it was really good um cool. definitely 
worth a watch. All right. Coming of age story. Well, then I'll, ha- um, I'll have to check it out. Check that out before watching Barbie. I think because I want to be. I want. Yeah. I want to. Greta Gerwig is like a relatively new director. She's kind of in like the same class of directors as uh, Jordan Peele and even like Olivia Wilde to an extent. Not in terms of talent, but in terms of like um, where they are, Time. where they are in their careers and timing and stuff. So her first movie was, I think, Lady Bird, right? Um, I think she had something else on her credits before that, but I think that was her first big one. Um, and, you know, I, I think another reason I'm really interested in this movie is because I don't know what audience it's for, because, you know, Barbie, it's a, it's a toy for children. Um, but I think this is going to be a movie for adults or like, you know, it's going to be smart and adults can appreciate it at least. Right. I think, uh, Will Ferrell is playing the Mattel CEO. Mattel is the company that makes the Barbie dolls, so it could even be some sort of like parody or satire. So I'm really interested to see, you know, how they got the, you know, Mattel on board to do this movie. Yeah, that, that that's very interesting. I because you know a movie like the Lego Movie is like so anti-consumerist kind of thing, and so if this has anything, uh, if this has a vibe that's similar to that movie, I'm like shocked that Mattel would agree to, like like loan their name to this considering it might be like anti-barbie but i don't know maybe it's not maybe it's like maybe it's just a fun time and adults can enjoy and kids can, kids can enjoy i don't know but i'm really pumped for this movie i think i'm pumped for it because there's so much mystery around it like no one knows what it's gonna be about there's only a teaser trailer out and it comes out in like three and a half months so or i guess four months it's coming out the middle of july the, the release date i think is july 16th which will be important for <laughs> For another movie that will be drafted, I'm sure, very soon. It's a great pick. Anything else you want to add about Barbie? It, this is a huge stock pick. I mean, this is like number one draft pick for sure. I, I, I just, it, it was the clear, most interesting choice to me. You know, it's just like, we don't know what's going on and it could go in so many different directions. I just got to see what happens. Man, you've left me in a really precarious situation because Bar- <laughs> Barbie, Barbie having that in my like two picks here would have made... It would have balanced out a lot of other movies I want to draft here because this is now starting to get into like a lot of movies that are going to be like of the same vibe. Like you go to the theater and have this like this like dark, intense action experience. Um, so I'm, I'm a little stuck here, but I got to pick up two things that I know that you mm, this is tough. Do I, do I stay true to myself or do I stay true to what I think you're going to? pick and, and and try to screw you over stay stay true to you um i think that'll make it the most interesting all right my number one pick because i'm going to stay true to myself my number one pick here is mission impossible dead reckoning part <laughs> one this is mission impossible seven we're coming off of mission impossible six that dropped in 2018 it's been five years since we've uh gotten a tom cruise mission impossible movie unless you count top gun maverick which came out in 2022 (laughs) i watched edge of tomorrow last night so tom cruise is fresh on the brain and let me tell you you know they're making a sequel to that movie too it's in the pipeline is it really like how far i think it's called uh live die repeat dot 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 again i'm dead serious are you serious i mean that makes a lot of sense considering how that movie ends Wow. Okay, well, either way. This man can't be stopped. He can't be no stopped. No one can stop this man. And it's crazy because, like, the worst Tom Cruise movie I've ever seen 
I've still had a ton of fun. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not that he's putting out quality for the last 30 years, but like he is just so charismatic on screen and he's so much fun to watch. This movie looks absolutely absurd. The Mission Impossible series in general is just like, is Tom Cruise going to die when he's making this movie? That's just every movie is just like, did he die yet? And the answer is no, as far as we know. Maybe, you know, he wasn't at the Oscars. Maybe he's just dead and we don't know about it yet. Um, This movie is, yeah, the seventh installment in the Mission Impossible franchise. And it has been in production for a while. It's kind of been, it's I think it's been ready for a while. And they've been pushing off the release date for um, at least a year, considering the pandemic and kind of what they did to Top Gun Maverick, where they were like, you know what, let's just wait until we can get the biggest audience we can. It's dropping uh, in June this summer and i honestly expect it to be the biggest box office hit of the year honestly um the only thing i think that can rival it is maybe like one of the marvel movies that will drop this year um but even considering all the huge blockbusters that are going to come this year i think this is going to make the most money because tom cruise really knows what he's doing when it comes to like giving an audience a good time and it's part one so you know that like it's going to end on a note that makes you think that like oh everything's over but Tom Cruise might be alive. And I'm really looking forward to that. I just have a lot of fun with these movies, and I think this one's going to be no, no no different. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for this one, too. Um, I'm not as much of a Mission Impossible stan as you are, but like you said, these movies are always interesting. You don't know if this is going to be his last one, um, his last life. But, uh, you know, I, I think this summer is going to be a banger summer for some blockbuster movies because they're just going through the list. There's so many. Um, and, and we'll talk about them as we go down, but yeah, man. And, and on that note, uh, this is a, a, a decision I'm going to make right now is that I'm not going to screw you over in terms of picking up what I know you want second. So you're welcome. Cause I could take it second, but I'm doing it for you. Okay. We'll, we'll see. You might be, we might be throwing like a bunch of jabs and then we're also both <laughs> dodging all the jabs because they I surprised myself with how I've prioritized my picks. Okay, I'm 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 gonna stay true to myself here, and I'm going to pick up a move. Oh man, this is so tough. I you picking Barbie first ruined all and any strategy I came into this draft with. Seriously, like there's nothing. I'm not prepared for this kind of draft now. Oh man. Okay, should I just pick the Little Mermaid? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh man. Okay, okay, okay. I'm staying true to myself. I'm strange. I'm staying true to myself. This is not what I should be picking number two. But again, I'm going with what I like. My number two pick is Killers of the Flower Moon. The upcoming Martin Scorsese movie that I think is releasing towards the back half of this year. If I'm not mistaken. Let me confirm that. I believe it's a November 2023 release as of right now. And I think it's going to be a Netflix release. Apple, Apple or some TV. sort of screen. It's going to be Apple TV, which sucks because wow. I don't have Apple TV, but I'm willing to get a free trial just to watch this movie and then end it. We'll make it happen. This movie is directed by uh, the great Martin Scorsese. You might know him from movies like The Wolf of Wall Street, Goodfellas, Raging Bull, Taxi Driver, The Irishman, you name it. He's done. He's done quite literally some of the best movies of the last 50 years. This movie stars Leonardo DiCaprio, uh, Jesse Plemons, Robert De Niro, um, the latest Best Actor winner, Brendan Fraser, and a handful of others. Um, it's based on a best-selling book called Killers of the Flower Moon 
by a guy named David Gran, I believe is how it's pronounced. Uh, it's set in 1920s Oklahoma and is about a series of murders that took place on members of the Osage Nation, who at the time were incredibly wealthy from oil reserves found um, on their land. And there was a string of very brutal crimes that um, I think was one of the first set of crimes that the FBI, as we know it, initially investigated. And so it's going to be a crime drama, I guess. I'm just really excited because this is a movie that has been in the works for like five years. And I think they were trying to release it in 2021 and they've they've pushed it back two years. And so there's just a lot to love here. In terms of the casting alone, I think that's like what's really motivating me here. Obviously, Leonardo DiCaprio and Robert De Niro, they've been working with Scorsese for like years and years and they're great in everything they do. But Jesse Plemons is an actor that I personally love to watch. Um, I think he's super versatile and putting him in a movie like this, I think like sets him up to be the name that we're talking about this time next year at the Oscars. Yeah, I, I think Jesse Plemons, he he's kind of like this generation's uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman almost. And it's funny because totally. they look so alike. And actually the first time I remember seeing Jesse Plemons, he actually plays uh the son of philip seymour hoffman's character in the master correct yeah movie which i did not like but jesse plemons he's worked with so many of the extremely pre- uh prestigious directors of our time um you know he's already worked with paul thomas anderson he worked with uh scorsese already on the irishman playing a small role there um and recently i you know i watched uh Judas and the Black Messiah, which he plays an integral role oh, he's in there. Brilliant in that movie. Um, he he's got a really impressive resume already, pretty early into his career. He was also in Breaking Bad. I don't know if you remember that, but he played Todd in like no. season four, season five of Breaking Bad, the guy who like ends up torturing Aaron Paul's character. Wow, I do not remember that. Yeah, he looked a lot younger. Obviously, he was a lot younger. It was like fifteen years ago, but um, yeah, brilliant, brilliant actor. This, I just think this movie is going to be like the the thing we're talking about at least i really hope so um and yeah I'm, I'm just really gunning for it so that's my number two pick not where i thought i would be going when i started this call with you i'll be honest i this was not at the top five of my list but i just went on this tear of like you know what if not gonna, i'm not gonna get barbie the other th- two or three movies that are on my list are not where my heart is and, and i'll I'm t- i'll talk about that if you eventually draft them sure now i think i have two picks um uh, my second and third picks and i think it's a pretty easy decision for me i know what i'm going to take second and that is dune part two yeah it's coming You're welcome. this december You're welcome <laughs> <laughs> thank you for saving that one for me i really enjoyed dune part one um the soundtrack to that movie the sound just just put that on max volume and let it wash over you um i think it was very well done i think you know, it wasn't a perfect movie, but it was perfect for me. Don't really know what that means, but you know, it, it, it's it's going to be great. I think it's going to set it, set itself up well to uh, to be a great conclusion um, to the series. Uh, Denny Villeneuve, he's on a tear. Uh, obviously, he did Part One, and you know, Blade Runner twenty forty nine before that, uh, Arrival, which is a movie that you're a big fan of, and he's got other great stuff kind of outside the sci-fi realm as well 
But that's going to be big. And I think that's going to be a good way to close out the year um, with a nice, you know, should be critically acclaimed sci-fi blockbuster. I, I think we will also be talking about Dune Part 2 at in March of 2024 in terms of like how it'll do at the Oscars. I'm not sure how it'll be doing in like the best picture race. Like famously, Denis Villeneuve was not nominated for best director at the Oscars last year or two years ago, whenever that movie dropped. And that's like a, a complete sham. Um, but like it swept all of the below the line categories, like all the technical achievements were absolutely um, celebrated. And there's one other movie that I think will be neck and neck in terms of celebrating those technical achievements. And I think you're about to draft it at number three. I, I think I know what you're talking about. A lot of foreshadowing already in this podcast. Um, I'm just I'm so just anxious. The, the listeners, <laughs> so anxious. hopefully, the listeners are anxious too, <laughs> because I think I'm gonna I'm gonna swerve on the road again. Wow. And I'm gonna take a movie called The Killer, uh, the new David Fincher movie Whew. coming out later this year. Whew. It's gonna come out on Netflix. <laughs> I'm just I'm just glad you um, left your heart there, you know. I'm just glad you're, you're really happy you're following your dreams. I I had to I had to. Um, David Fincher, terrific director. Some of his films: Fight Club, Gone Girl, Social Network, Seven, which I recently rewatched and uh, realized that it's an amazing movie. Um, he has a lot of these kind of you know dark noir movies uh, on his resume. And I'm excited for this one. It's uh, Michael Fassbender is playing the lead. It's about an assassin um, that I think somebody orders some his murder, and uh, somehow he gets out of that situation. But he ends up battling his employers and himself um, on an international manhunt. So it's you know kind of like John Wick vibes from that one sentence description. But that's all I know about this movie. Um, which is why you know I think it's going to be one that I I'm gonna I'm gonna like a lot. Uh, as I said, Fassbender in the lead role, Tilda Swinton's are also in this movie, um, as well as some other folks. But this is you know I think it's a little bit out there of a pick. There were some others that I was considering here. Um, hopefully they're still around for me to pick up in the next round. But uh, yeah, I just had to go with my heart on that one. I'm glad you did because I can go with my heart on my picks. Um, yeah, Mac- Michael Fassbender is one of those guys that like he was in um, the movie called Steve Jobs uh, where he played Steve Jobs. And I-, I thought he was fantastic in that. But I think my favorite thing I've ever seen him in is uh, Inglorious Bastards where he's in the movie for 20 minutes and he plays, um, I-, I forgot the character's name because he's literally in it for one one gigantic scene. But he's in the scene that takes place in the bar. He plays like the main American soldier who is uh, disguising himself as German British or British, British soldier. Um, and he has one of the best lines, I think in movie history where he's, he's speaking German the entire time because he's in disguise. He gets caught and you know, a minute before he's, he knows he's about to die. He says, well, if this is it, old boy, I hope you don't mind if I go out speaking to Kings. And I just think that's the coldest, like, last line of a character I've ever heard in my entire life. So big, big ups for Michael Fassbender. I hope he gets uh, a really great role in this. And, I, yeah, I hope the, the movie's great. I'm looking forward to this one as well. Um, so, yeah, good good passion pick there. Uh, Back over to you. Are, are you. are you ready for my, my next two picks? Do you know what my number three is going to be? I'm ready. I, I already know what one's going to be. I'm going to be interested to see... Well, your other one is. So my number three pick is Oppenheimer, which I think uh, listeners to the podcast might have thought Oppenheimer was going to go round one. 
this is Christopher Nolan's new movie. It's releasing also on July 16th, the same day that Barbie will be released. It is going to be the biggest day in box office history, probably in years. I, I can't even imagine what the numbers are going to look like. Uh, yeah, Christopher Nolan, you know, what a favorite director, especially of the last 15 years of moviegoers in general. His movies, if you are not familiar with his resume, include uh, the Dark Knight trilogy, Inception, Interstellar, Dunkirk, Memento for the old heads, um, a handful of others. But yeah, I mean, he's just done like really, really incredible stuff. Anything he puts out is going to be a cinematic experience at the very least. It's going to have really, really great sound um, and, and hopefully really, really great visuals. The story is about the building of the atomic bomb during the Second World War. And uh, I believe Dr. Oppenheimer is the, the person who, the scientist who was like the lead scientist on that project, the person who's credited as the inventor of that bomb. Any, any thoughts on Oppenheimer? How are you feeling? I know you didn't draft it, so. Yeah, I, I expected this to be within my top three of movies that I would want. I actually ended up having it sixth. Um, and I think that's because I... I am not sure how interesting of a movie this is going to be because it is so biographical and we already know what's going to happen. Um, Christopher Nolan, also the last movie he did was Tenet, which was, you know, a fictional story, but very over the top. Um, I feel like he kind of flew close, too close to the sun with Tenet. Um, I think he's kind of zagging by going back into like a real fictional or a uh, real historical event um, by doing this movie. And he, I mean, I love Dunkirk, which was probably, you know, his other movie kind of in this uh, vein. But I don't know if the story of Oppenheimer is going to be as action-packed and as powerful. Um, So I'm a little bit concerned there. Um, That was kind of my main reservation. But, you know, I love Killian Murphy. Uh, You know, we're big uh, Peaky Blinders fans. Of course. and he is playing J. Robert Oppenheimer. Um, and, you know, the rest of the cast, Emily Blunt, Matt Damon, Robert Downey Jr., Florence Pugh. So th- there's, there's a lot of potential, and I'm optimistic. Uh, something else I did want to touch on was um, talking about what the box office is going to look like that weekend. Yeah. I think it's going to be a battle for the ages. I think it's crazy that Barbie and Oppenheimer are going to be released on the same weekend. I can't, I can't think of a time that something like this has happened. I I mean, I'm sure it has, but like two movies that are so anticipated. I mean, have you ever seen this before? So, so my point actually here is that I'm actually a little bit more pessimistic than you are about how this is going to perform overall at the box office. I am concerned about, Oppenheimer, I think a lot of people are going to see this as some sort of historical movie. I know it has Christopher Nolan's name attached to it, but I think a lot of people were a little bit underwhelmed by Tenet or people who kind of watch Christopher Nolan movies for that big action. Once they see that, oh, this is just kind of like, you know, a profile of Oppenheimer. Maybe they don't make it to the box office. The Barbie movie, I also feel like that's kind of niche. I don't know if they're going to hit the demographics they need to for it to you know, really blow up at the box office. I think these are going to be two of the bigger movies of the summer, but I don't know if they're going to break records. I think that those Marvel movies and other superhero movies that are kind of coming down the line, I think those have a better shot, honestly. That's a fair argument. I, I, I can't really poke any holes in that, uh, except for the, the maybe the small argument that like Barbie 
depending on what kind of trailer they put out in the next couple of months, might be able to pick up like the younger, like the kid, the family crowd. Oppenheimer, I think you're right. Like people who like Christopher Nolan will be watching this no matter what. In terms of like extra audiences they're picking up, I'm not sure. And that's why I picked it at third. I think like if you asked me this question last year, it would have been my second or first pick. But I, I'm also quite wary. Christopher Nolan, I like him. I think I loved him as a kid. And growing up, uh, you know, growing up to his movies were like a golden age of, of like teenage cinema, I think. You have the Dark Knight trilogy, you have Inception, Interstellar. These are amazing movies to have when you're in like middle school and high school. Um, I'm not saying those movies are like childish. They're still great and have a lot to, they have a lot to admire. But I'm not sure how I feel about him taking on a biopic. And Tenet, I actually think, te- I probably like Tenet more than you, but that's not really because I understood it better it's just because like i have found appreciation <laughs> over the, the last two three years so yeah i'm not really sure if it's even going to be great i'm sure it'll be good no i'm not even sure it'll be good i'm hoping it'll be good i don't think it'll be great and i hope i eat my words in three three in four months when it drops i hope i Same. do um but yeah that is my third pick do i get a fourth here i think i do get a fourth here yes you do all right jumping to my fourth um, this is absolutely a like passion pick, but it's also I think somewhat of the correct pick in terms of what's gonna what, what we're gonna look back on at the end of the year. I'm going with Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. This is the animated sequel to the movie Into the Spider-Verse that came out. The original film came out in 2018, and I think the original Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse movie is my favorite Spider-Man movie of all time. I think it's the most technically accomplished. I think it's the most, um, I almost think it's the most relatable movie. Uh, I, I like the Tobey Maguire movies a lot. It's just that they're 20 years later. It's They, they, they age somewhat poorly in, in somewhat, some regards. They're still really fun, but this movie just feels really fresh. And the, the original movie, I think, changed animation. We saw that. Uh, you watched Puss in Boots The Last Wish recently. It's so clear the impact that a movie like Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse had on a movie like that with just the animation style and the colors. And like, it seemed like the animators are having fun again, like the way they were in the early to mid 2000s with all those Pixar movies. I think animators in general have like figured out that they can do a lot more than maybe they thought they could in the 2010s. Um, and the, the trailer that came out for this movie looks absolutely bonkers. I don't know what it's going to be about, but he goes through the multiverse. Surprise, surprise. It's the 2020s. We have multiverse movies. And yeah, it just looks like there's a gajillion Spider-Man that he is either fighting or fighting uh, with. So yeah, I just think it's going to be a really, really good time. And I'm definitely looking forward to seeing this in theaters. I remember enjoying the first uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse movie. It was it was well done. Uh, it didn't really stick in my mind, but I think that's just because I am not a big superhero movie type of person right um but i definitely agree with you that like this is going to be one of the big box office draws this year it's it's probably going to be critically acclaimed just like the first one so you know personally it wasn't on my list of picks but i definitely see why you picked it here cool you got two for my fourth pick um i am going to take nosferatu and i'm not a hundred percent sure if this is coming out in 2023 but i think it it should be um we'll give you the benefit so of the we can we, we can check on that but yeah so i think this is kind of, this is going to be a remake of the original nosferatu i believe that came out in 19 the 1920s um so there's also critically acclaimed uh 
I think Bill Skarsgård, uh, Pennywise from It, he's going to be playing uh, the kind of deformed Count Orlock. Um, and originally, I think Anya Taylor-Joy was rumored to be in this. She's worked with the director, Robert Eggers, on a couple of his films already, but I think she might have been dropped from the cast because I'm seeing Lily Rose Depp listed here instead of her. Um, but Nicholas Holt, also in this movie, who actually co-starred with Anya Taylor-Joy in The Menu recently. Um, so And Willem Dafoe, frequent collaborator with Robert Eggers. Uh, I have mixed feelings about Robert Eggers. I really love The Northman. It was my top movie of 2022. Um, I haven't seen The Witch, which is one of his first movies. And I did not like The Lighthouse. Uh, oh, you didn't like that movie. So, I haven't seen that, but I'm, I'm surprised you didn't. I'm not, I'm not surprised, actually. It doesn't really seem like the type of movie you would like. It's very talky, yeah. it seems. It's very, like, two characters, kind of. It's like it's like two Tars. It's like two Lydia Tars in a lighthouse just, like, being crazy <laughs> together. Yes, yes. There's a lot that just kind of happens. Um, but I think, you know, it's worth seeing, and I'm excited for this. Uh, I mean, I think Robert Eggers, he did a good job kind of adapting a uh, sort of you know fairy tale with the Northmen. I think he's gonna do a good job with Nosferatu and put you know one of his you know signature signature spins on this movie. Uh, and it's the kind of subject matter that I think he likes doing. You know, it's weird. It's dark. This is this was originally a horror movie already, so I'm sure he's going to put his own twist on things. Yeah, I- I'm surprised he's coming out with the movie. Uh... This year, but I guess it's like a year and a half after the release of The Northman, so it's, it's enough time. But yeah, I'm excited for this one. Uh, I think The Northman kind of got me intrigued into Robert Eggers. I'll definitely watch The Lighthouse and The Witch before I watch Nosferatu. But yeah, good pick, man. Thank you. Now with my next pick, it's definitely falling into a lower tier now. I kind of had a top six. Um, those have all been taken. And now I'm jumping to Wonka. Um, no, you're taking going... Wonka. There's <laughs> no way. I really wanted Wonka. I didn't think it'd go this early, but wow. Yeah. Um, so this is supposed to be about a young Willy Wonka. So kind of like a prequel almost to the Wonkas that we've seen. Um, starring Timothy Chalamet as, uh, as Willy himself. Uh, and other people linked with this movie. Sally Hawkins, who I love. She was in The Shape of Water. Olivia Colman. She's been in a bunch of different things. The Crown. The Favorite. Rowan Atkinson, Mr. Bean. Hell Love yeah. to see that. Keegan-Michael Key. Love to see that. Um, and yeah, I, I think I'm just excited to see how this backstory plays out. I honestly don't know much about the Willy Wonka character. I don't know how much has already been written. I don't know if there's source material that these stories are being built off of. It seems but, it seems like because it's a young Willy Wonka, it's it might be taking some creative liberty off of the original novel and describing like, you know, they they, they describe his relationship with his father, so maybe they're just extrapolating off of that, which is kind of exciting because it, it gives the director and the writers a ton of room to really just like make it weird. And I, I'm hoping this movie is weird because both Willy Wonka movies that exist out there, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory are really strange movies when you when you look at them so yeah i'm hoping it's yeah and it's it's also being directed by paul king who recently most recently has directed paddington and paddington 2 which are phenomenal movies highly suggest you watch those so hopefully he can 
you can do something nice with this. I gotta get on those. That's uh, that's a big gap in my my, my movie viewing history. <laughs> you to watch Paddington. Really surprised you took Wonka there. I did not see that coming. But all right, my number five pick here is a movie that's coming out in just a couple of weeks. This might be the earliest movie that we've drafted this this far. Um, this is a movie called Air. Um, Air is a movie about the story of Air Jordan, the brand, and how Nike uh, had the idea to to partner with Michael Jordan and what that process ultimately looked like. This is a movie starring Matt Damon as the main character who plays the uh, the Nike executive. I forgot his name, but the Nike executive that um, ultimately was responsible for this. Um, it's also directed by Ben Affleck and you know, stars Ben Affleck in a supporting role. Um, the cast also includes Jason Bateman, which I'm a huge fan of, among other people. This really just looks like a, a fairly lighthearted movie, a sports movie, a business movie. Um, Matt Damon was in Ford vs. Ferrari, which was also a sports movie and a business movie. I thought he killed it in that. Um, so I, I just I just like everything Matt Damon touches. And especially Ben Affleck and Matt Damon as a duo. You know, Historically, people have talked about them because of Good Will Hunting. They co-wrote that movie together. Um, ben Affleck has directed a, a handful of really great movies. He won Best Movie uh, in 2013 for Argo. He and Matt Damon wrote a movie two years ago called The Last Duel that... Nobody saw it. it. was a box office flop, but I thought it was really, really good. I watched it on a plane, uh, like maybe last year, and was really surprised at like the maturity of the story and just like the dialogue and, and how they cast themselves into those roles. And so I trust them with, with anything, really. This project looks like it's fairly low stakes. It kind of just looks like a, a fun story that they wanted to tell. It's, they didn't write the story, but you know Ben Affleck and Matt Damon are best friends, so I'm assuming they collaborated pretty heavily on the the creative process here so yeah i'm I'm probably gonna check this one out in like three weeks so maybe i'll have a podcast about it yeah i see myself checking this one out as well i feel like there is a lot of kind of biopics and then movies retelling some story in history coming out this year from the stuff that i was seeing i think some of my later picks are gonna show that um but yeah it's crazy ben affleck and matt damon i'm pretty sure they went to high school together they're childhood friends, um, like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, honestly, I would have expected them to like collaborate even more often, but uh, it's good to see them working together here. Yeah, and, I could. Yeah, I, I think this is a solid pick. Thank you. Yeah, I, I could talk about them all day, which I, maybe I'll have an air podcast and just kind of dive into Ben Affleck and Matt Damon because their careers are really interesting to look at side by side, considering they they went they win an Oscar when they're like in their mid twenties for Goodwill Hunting. And then their careers like take wildly different paths, but they both kind of end up like on top of Hollywood multiple times. Um, and maybe maybe this movie will be a hit and they'll find themselves close to the top again this year. I don't know. But yeah, I, I love them both. I'm, I'm excited to, to watch this movie because of that. Um, all right. My number six pick here. I'm not sure. Th- this is probably on your list. I don't know. I'm, I'm curious to see where it was on your list. But my number six pick is a movie called Elemental. The new Pixar movie coming out in uh, in June this year was this was this on your radar? It, it was on my radar. Uh, this movie just it's a Pixar movie. End of end of argument. I'm gonna watch every Pixar movie that comes out unless it looks horrendous from the start, like Cars two did. Um, yeah, I I loved Turning Red. I did not like Lightyear. I didn't hate Lightyear, but I wanted to hate it because I didn't like it at all. Um, so Pixar has been kind of hit or miss the last five to ten years, I think. Coco was massive, and Turning Red was massive. And I think 
in that same range, Cars 3 and Onward are two movies that I think are like grossly underrated in Pixar's resume when it comes to the last like five, six years of movies. So, you know, Elemental, I have no idea where this is going to land, but I'm really looking forward to this. It's, it, I, I don't even know what the story is about. It looks like they live in some sort of society. I think it's like a fictional New York and everybody is some sort of element and it's about a, a boy and a girl who meet each other and I think fall in love, but they can't touch each other because one of them is water and one of them is fire. So looks like some sort of a rom-com. Yeah. Don't quote me on this, but it might it might solve racism. I, I will quote you on that when it inevitably does. We'll see you in August <laughs> for the pod, for the, for the We Ended Racism pod. Starring everybody in, in this movie. Top ten, uh, top ten. We ended racism draft <laughs> upcoming. Yo, Burma, that's a fantastic idea. We got to do that. Like movies that think they Write really that did down. It. Write that down. I'm writing it down. It's done. All right, your number six. Okay, my number six. This might be a little bit of a deep cut. Um, it's a movie called Challengers, directed by Luca Guadagnino. Don't know if I'm pronouncing that 100 percent correctly. I think you got it. This is the guy who also directed Call Me By Your Name. Uh, he had Bones and All was a movie he directed that came out in 2022. I have not seen it. I watched Call Me By Your Name. I thought it was very solid. Um, very beautiful movie to watch. Um, but he has this new movie coming out called Challengers. Stars Zendaya. Uh, or Zendaya. Um, and so it's basically about Zendaya's character. She's a tennis coach. And she coaches her spouse and he is like a grand slam champion he's a great tennis player but he gets in some sort of rut and he's not playing well so she organizes some sort of tournament to kind of help him out and he ends up playing this other character who used to be best friends with him and also used to date Zendaya's character Oh, wow. Um, so I think there's some sort of tension there. Fun. Love that. Um, and it just sounded interesting. You know, I, I like tennis. It's one of the sports I follow. Um, I like this sort of love triangle situation. Seems, you know, rife with, with interesting possibilities. So interested to see how this turns out. Yeah, that's that's exciting. I love Zendaya and I love most things that she's in. Maybe aside from like one or two of the Spider-Man movies. So yeah, I'm excited for, for that one. That was not on my radar at all, though. I did not know that movie existed. I hadn't heard about it uh, until I started doing some research for this pod. Nice. Yeah, so now I think this is my seventh pick. I am going to have to take Napoleon. Yeah. Uh, wow. Ridley Scott is directing Napoleon biopic starring Joaquin Phoenix as Napoleon. And I, I you know, I... I said Oppenheimer might be a letdown, but something about this Napoleon biopic just seems more interesting to me. I mean, obviously we know the whole story of Napoleon. It's got many twists and turns. Uh, he was, you know, an emperor. He was exiled multiple times. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot more action in this one, which I think is why I'm more excited for it. Um, so. And, and I mean, Joaquin Phoenix, he's kind of, you know, he, he's, he's LeBron James, you know, just, just put him as the lead right now and he's going to carry a movie throughout. Yeah, totally agree. I kind of forgot about this movie. I'm not going to lie, which is really sad because I, I am looking <laughs> forward to this movie a lot. Um, 
Yeah, I, I, Joaquin Phoenix, like, in his personal life, doesn't look like the, the most fun fellow, but, like, every time he's on screen, it's like he's killing it. Like, he hasn't been in anything really bad, so um, that's that's a great pick. I, I'm going to also draft a Joaquin Phoenix movie. Um, this is a movie that I think is also releasing fairly soon in April or May. This is a movie called Bo is Afraid. Bo is Afraid is a movie that is directed by Ari Aster. Ari Aster? I think I'm not sure which how, how do you pronounce it, but uh, he is responsible for the movies Hereditary and Midsommar, two movies that I think have a pretty large uh, hold on the, the cultural um, zeitgeist. That word. Uh, this is a surrealist comedy horror movie starring Joaquin Phoenix. And he basically, according to the trailer, plays a guy with like a lot of anxiety who is going home after his mother suddenly dies. And through that process is going on this like surreal journey where he confronts his fears. Uh, Very like open ended, very like anything could happen. Um, I'm excited about it because Ari Aster, like his first movie was Hereditary and it is by far the scariest thing I've ever watched. Um, and so I, I kind of trust him with something as weird as this. It's going to be a long movie. It's, it's right under three hours in terms of runtime. Uh, and so it's going to be like a Joaquin Phoenix fest that might be overwhelming for a lot of people, including me, but I'm, I'm hoping that it's, it's fun enough where, where I have a good time. Uh, Nathan Lane is in this movie. Wait, Nathan Lane is not who I thought it was. Never mind. Scratch that. <laughs> well, Nathan Lane and Amy Ryan are in this movie. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm just taking the reins. I'm taking the reins from you here. <laughs> they were both in Only Murders in the Building uh, on Hulu. If anyone has seen that, and they were both great in that. Um, so you might know them from that. Amy Ryan uh, was also Parker in Posey the as well. Yes, yes, she, she plays uh, Michael Scott's eventual wife, Holly uh, Flax. Yeah, I like her. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm interested in this movie as well. I've seen a couple trailers for it. Um, I did not watch Hereditary or Midsommar. I'm not a horror movie person. I've read the plots on Wikipedia, oh, so I do no, know what happens. No. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think there's there's a chance I end up watching this one. I think it's not going to be as horror driven. I think it's going to be crazy, and I'm afraid it's going to be all over the place. And now that you've told me that it's about a three-hour runtime i am a little bit scared but um yeah there's many directions that this could go and i think it will go in all those directions yeah so i think the the release date is really interesting it's coming out april 21st which is two days before my birthday um but i think a movie like this does not usually perform super well in the spring I think Get Out came out in March, which was like a big exception to the rule. Usually horror movies come out like the second half of the year when people are, are getting ready for Halloween or still coming off of the Halloween um, like energy. That being said, like Scream 6 did just drop, so, so maybe I'm just like completely wrong. But I think this movie was actually supposed to come out earlier, like I think late 2022, like uh, the last couple of months. And they just couldn't get it ready in time. And so they kind of pushed it to April which may do it a disservice at the box office, but I'm hoping that it still performs well. Because I, I like Ari Aster. I want him to have a good career. So I'm, I'm going to go watch it in theaters for my boy. Yeah. One more note on this. Um, Ari Aster 
in his directorial credits, he has a short film, seven minutes long, called Bo. So I don't know if that's something he kind of started with, and now he's expanded that to a much longer runtime. It's probably the case. Um, so it seems like this this could have been a story that he's been working on for a while. That's that's pretty and, cool. Uh, I kind of want to like look that up on like the deep webs of Reddit or something and, and try to find it. That'd be that'd be a cool thought experiment. Um, all right, my number eight pick. We're getting down to uh, the last couple of picks here. My number eight is a movie that I don't think is on your list for a variety of reasons, but maybe I'm wrong. I'm just, uh, what's it called? I'm uh, gestulating. This is a movie called Asteroid City, directed uh, by Wes Anderson and written by Wes Anderson and Roman Coppola. Wes Anderson is like very, very famous, I think, when it, like in, in the world of film, he's very, very famous. I think once you watch one of his movies, it's hard not to be like, what else has this guy done? And like, why have I not seen it? Some movies he's done, The Royal Tenenbaums, The Grand Budapest Hotel, Fantastic Mr. Fox. Um, there's He's made maybe about 15 movies, slightly less maybe. But uh, yeah, a really, really interesting director. He's incredibly, incredibly unique visuals in all of his movies. He frames things really, really creatively and uses a lot of like miniatures to tell big stories like he'll he'll like make a little diagram of a house and then blow it up on screen so that it looks like it's something you see in a dollhouse but it's like the the setting in which the story takes place the the movie there's not much detail about what the movie is actually about even though it comes out in three months in june uh, i believe it's coming out june 23rd uh all it says on wikipedia is that this film follows the transformative events that occur at an annual junior stargazer convention in 1955 and it has one of the most stacked casts. I thought Oppenheimer had a good cast. This cast is insane. I'm going to read the list of names that I recognize. There's like, I'm going to skip half of them. And there's there's so many. Tilda Swinton, Adrian Brody, Tom Hanks, Margot Robbie, Jason Schwartzman, Scarlett Johansson, Brian Cranston, Jeff Goldblum, Jeffrey Wright, Liev Schreiber, Matt Dillon, Maya Hawke, Edward Norton, Steve Carell, Hung Chow, Willem Dafoe, and Rita Wilson. And I skipped like 10 names, maybe. Did you get Jeff Goldblum on there? I did. Okay. I mean, it, it, it's, it, you know, it's classic Wes Anderson. He's, he, everybody, if you're somebody in Hollywood, you, you get in his movies. Because he, you know, he carves out so many different characters. And he just gets stars to be in the movie for, you know, a couple minutes here and there. Um, yeah, I, I did hear about this movie. Um, I gotta say, I was really underwhelmed by Wes Anderson's most recent movie. The French Dispatch, it was just too, too much Wes Anderson. I, I thought uh, that's why this would not make it on your list, because I know you were not a fan of his last movie. Yeah, and, and the, the premise, you know, what we know about it right now doesn't sound too interesting to me. But I think I will end up going to see this movie. Wes Anderson, he's one of those directors where you just, you got to watch his movies. For me, it's him, it's Chris Nolan, uh, Scorsese, few directors like that where you just, you got to watch whatever they make. But I, I, I think it's a it's a good pick. Down to the wire here, Perva. Yeah, I think so. This is eight and nine for me, right? Correct, yeah. Okay, so I, I think I'm gonna make at least one pick that's gonna it's gonna get you you're gonna be thinking, Oh why, oh why did I not remember this movie? Oh god. Um I'm gonna save it for my second pick. But first I'm gonna pick actually I believe this is another Wes Anderson movie that is coming out this year. It is 
Uh, I believe right now it's titled The Wonderful Story of Henry Sugar, which I think is based on some Roald Dahl work. Um, I was trying to do some research to figure out if it's actually coming out in 2023. Um, a couple sites had it listed as coming out this year. So I was thinking about including it. Um, this just, I don't know. <laughs> it honestly just sounded more interesting to me because it was based on some source material. So I was like, you know, when Wes has worked on those kind of movies that feel much more cabined, I think that's when he's done his best work, in my opinion. Um, Fantastic Mr. Fox, based off Roald Dahl book. Sure. Amazing movie. Um, Moonrise Kingdom is my favorite movie of his, and it's kind of, it, it takes place in a very small setting. Uh, and he keeps himself kind of in a box, and I think it works very well. It's very intimate. So I'm a little bit more excited for this. I had no idea this movie is coming out, so great pick. I'm excited to see this as well. Yeah. And now I'm going to pick Legally Blonde 3. No, I did not forget about this, man. This is going to be my number nine. <laughs> oh, that's tough, man. That is tough. I did not. I honestly didn't think that you would have remembered that this movie is coming out. Or like I have seen this. Cause yeah. It's not confirmed, this movie. The release date is not I, confirmed. I'm seeing a lot of... 2023 for this one i i've seen um, the the 2023 but that means like they're not sure which could mean a, a february 2024 okay. you know but I'll, I'll give it to you i mean this is this is kind of okay. like um kind of like nosferatu in that sense of like we, we think it's going to come out in 2023 yeah I, I honestly i think it's a legacy pick it's just you know reese witherspoon was so iconic in the original legally blonde i really want to see her playing this character again um and i'm sure it's going to be entertaining, even if the movie isn't that great uh, as a whole. I actually have not seen Legally Blonde 2, so I should probably check that out. Uh, I, I've not seen it either. I heard it's trash. I heard it's not canon. I heard people just like disregard it. Um, I'm hoping that this movie, if it comes out, goes back to the roots of what made the first movie so great, which is just like the character um, mm-hmm. and the relationship that she has with Jennifer Coolidge's character, who is also set to star in this new movie. Yeah, hoping hoping it's it's good and not like it's it's uh, most recent sequel. Wow, that is tough because Legally Blonde was a hundred percent my number nine pick. So now I have to uh, just like the the start of the episode, the ending is going to be a little bit of a spinoff. Let's see, let's see what I can do here. Okay, my number nine pick is a movie that I just kind of decided as you were talking that I'm going to pick up. This is a movie that I'm pretty sure is going to be mid, but that's okay. Because I think it could be interesting. This is a movie called The Covenant. Directed by Guy Ritchie. Coming out uh, on April 21st. Your face says that. This is one of the few movies that you've picked that I do not recall seeing anything about. I know another Guy Ritchie movie came out recently. Or is that the same one we're talking about? Uh, This has not come out yet. Does it have a longer title? No. Just Guy Ritchie's The Covenant, or simply The Covenant. There might have been. Let's look it up. There might have been a Guy Ritchie movie that just came out. Maybe he's cooking right now, you know? Um, Yeah, yeah. There's a movie called Operation Fortune. Fortune? Yes. Fortune? Ruse de Guerre. It's a French. Ruse de Guerre. Ruse de Guerre. Yeah, wow. This movie also comes out, or came out in 2023. Yeah, it came out in March, on March 3rd. Wow. Yeah, this was the movie I was originally thinking of. Um... Starring Jason Statham, which I think is all you need to know. Yeah, it's going to be one of those movies. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, but I'm interested. I, I did not hear about The Covenant. The Covenant looks a little bit different. I mean, Guy Ritchie is known for action thrillers that are mostly like pretty comedic, pretty lighthearted. This movie doesn't really look like a comedy. This is an, a, an action thriller, yes, but it stars Jake Gyllenhaal, which already that means it's going to be a little bit darker because my guy Jake Gyllenhaal has done nothing but play fucked up men for the last 20 years of his life. Um, here's the plot summary. During the war in Afghanistan, U.S. Sergeant John Kinley recruits Ahmed to interpret with local Afghans during their mission in Afghanistan. Ahmed agrees in pursuit of revenge against the Taliban for the death of his son. It's basically, I think, a eventual hostage situation where Jake Gyllenhaal's character goes to rescue his interpreter, um, who is who is captured. So yeah, definitely not a comedy, but looks like a pretty intense movie. And I like Guy Ritchie's action scenes a lot. It's just that like the movies that he makes them in are really goofy, and so there's no stakes, and you don't really end up caring. But I think it, it looks like this could be a movie with stakes, which you know. I'm all in, man. Let's 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 get it. Guy, Guy Ritchie, show me what you got. It's been a while, but show me what you got. The reason I like him is because of the Sherlock Holmes franchise with Robert Downey Jr. He was at the helm of that, and those were fantastic movies. So I'm I'm all in from then on. I I agree. Those are also uh, great movies in my eyes. And you know, he's done some other stuff that's really good, very different from The Covenant, but Snatch, The Gentleman, uh, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Those are all kind of in the same vein, sort of British gangster crime comedy type movies. So the, I'm really interested to see how The Covenant comes out because it's very different from everything else he's ever done. Yeah, yeah. This uh, this could be either just like, hey man, go back to uh, go back to the good stuff. Do what you do best. Do what you do best, or it could be like, oh, you know what? Give us give us more of this. Um. All right, my number ten pick. I am really kind of at the bottom of the barrel, and we are scraping. There might be wood on the spoon. Like, this is... The well is dry. The well is dry, and, and we'll talk about some some honorable mentions, some dishonorable mentions after we, we finish off our drafts here. But, okay, I'm, I'm going to go with the pick that I'm not proud of. Actually, no, no, no. I'm going to change it up. I, I'm not going to choose that pick. I'm going to go with a movie that I have no idea anything about, except for the fact that it belongs to a franchise that I mostly enjoy. This is a movie called The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Have you heard about this movie? I saw that it was coming out, and I did not expect this one to be... The way you were describing that, I thought you were going to pick one movie, and I'm going to mention it in a second. Um, I did not see you going down The Hunger Games path, but I do remember you rewatching the original recently and thinking that it was actually better than we remember. The the original Hunger Games movie, the first half of that movie, man, it is a five-star film. It's really like... It feels like almost like um, like boots on the ground, uh, uh, dystopian war setup movie, and there's a lot of really great character stuff in there, character work, and just good directing that shows you uh, what you need to know about characters without without them saying anything. Really beautiful stuff. It, you know, the end of the movie, the last half is like the Hunger Games action movie. It's a 2012 movie. It's not amazing action stuff, but it's it's. It, enjoyable enough i i like the franchise i haven't even seen the last movie in the franchise i'll be honest i heard it was not good and it came out like close to when we were entering college the interest was pretty low at that point but hunger games and catching fire both were like very much part of my experience growing up and i, I love jennifer lawrence and those this movie that's coming out is called the ballad of songbirds and snakes it is based on um a book by by the author suzanne collins that came out in 2020 this is a prequel 
to the Hunger Games. So I have no idea what that means, but I'm sure it's going to be, um, you know, about like the political landscape of that world and setting up some events that we're you know later familiar with in terms of like the the, the downfall and the collapse of that whole government. Um, so yeah, I, I'm really excited for it. I think it could be good. I think it could be mid. The cast is pretty good. We have uh, Rachel Rachel Zeigler, who was in the new West Side Story remake a couple of years ago, um, and Peter Dinklage and Viola Davis in supporting roles. So yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of hooked just on that. Maybe if the trailer comes out and it doesn't look good, maybe I'll be like, you know what, I'm not gonna go watch it. But right now, I'm down. It comes out November 17th, so we have a while. I thought you were going to pick Maxine, but then I followed up and realized that it doesn't have a 2023 confirmed release date yet. Okay, my heart almost dropped because I couldn't find the release date anywhere. And if you pick Maxine right now, I would have been like, <laughs> I, I, I can't believe I just let that go. Yeah, I... Uh, no, I, I, I think that makes sense. It's, it's not confirmed yet. I think it's going to start shooting April 2023, so probably won't be out this year. Okay. Um, yeah, okay, so I think I have one more pick to close it out, and then we can do uh, honorable mentions. Um, I am going to go with a movie called Tetris. I got a trailer for this movie uh, randomly on my YouTube recommended. The algorithm uh, blessed me that day. And this is a movie, kind of the story about behind the Tetris game, which was developed uh, in the Soviet Union by some you know Russian game developer could be a professor or you know something like that and okay. an american video game salesman played by uh taron egerton um i think from kingsman is what i remember him from he discovers the game and realizes that you know this this could be like the biggest hit uh in gaming so he kind of goes into the soviet union and has to try to figure out a way to get the rights to the game, get out of the Soviet Union, uh, and then get this game out to the masses. Uh, and it kind of follows that. And I just remember from the trailer, it actually seems like they've made this story very action-packed and suspenseful. There's a, you know at least a scene or some shots in the movie that like reality becomes Tetris, so they definitely had fun with it. They leaned into that sort of gaming concept so I think it could be an interesting watch. Yeah, this is one of those movies that is in that vein of looking at some sort of story that happened in the past and then uh, kind of rehashing it now. There's a couple more of those that I want to talk about in the honorable mentions. But uh, yeah. Good stuff, man. I'm, I'm looking at our lists right now, and I honestly can't tell who has the better list. I, I'm equally as excited in terms of like, what's on our list like i i don't know who's gonna have the better list we'll have to wait a year to know let's run through our lists um shoot me your 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 one through ten okay if i'm remembering everything correctly i have barbie i have dune part two the killer nosferatu wonka challengers napoleon legally blonde three the Wonderful Story of Henry Sugar or the Wes Anderson Roald Dahl movie and Tetris. I think that's my whole list. Yep, uh, that sounds right. My list is Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1, Killers of the Flower Moon, 
Oppenheimer, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, Air, Elemental, Bo is Afraid, Asteroid City, The Covenant, and The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Pretty pretty good lists, man. I, I feel like across the board, there's a lot of good movies coming out this year. Lots to look forward to. There's also a couple movies we did not mention. You want to run through some of these? Yes, yes. And I, I think let's do it uh, in a couple categories. I think the first category we can go into is like sequels. Sequels okay. of blockbuster series. Because there's a bunch of those. Um, I can kind of just start listing them out and then we can... Uh, go through them that way. The first one I have listed here is John Wick Chapter 4. Yep, coming out in a couple weeks? Tomorrow? When does it come out? Soon. Very soon. Very soon. I um, have not seen any of the John Wick movies, which is a, another big What? Movie. Paddington and John Wick. I need to watch both of those. Could you imagine that crossover? Oh my god. I, I, it, I'm expecting it to happen in the sequel. That's I'm it. not getting any sleep tonight. <laughs> um, yeah, I... You know, I, I, I think... I was considering this for you know, my top 10, but they've honestly done so much with John Wick. His body has just been through so much wear and tear that I don't know how they can keep one-upping themselves, but it should be a good action movie regardless. Is John good. Wick 4 the bullet train of 2023? Could be. Could be. It could be. Imagine if Keanu Reeves was in bullet train. Oh my God. If Keanu Reeves was in bullet train, it would have been... The best movie of 2023. The number one <laughs> movie of 2023. No question. I would have liked Bullet Train if John Wick was if, if John Wick was in it, let alone Keanu Reeves. Um, next, we have Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Yes, I did think about this, and then I very quickly said, no, I'm not going to draft this. <laughs> I spent a lot of time with this franchise. I do like the original movie. The um, I, I, I really like the first, uh, you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark. And, yes. Um, the Last Crusade, the third movie. Those are terrific. Um, second one I haven't seen in a long time. It's kind of racist. That's the Temple of Doom, against, which is the yeah. racist one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we can get into that at another time. But And, and then the fourth one <laughs> was... <laughs> on our inevitable Indiana Jones. What, when, when racism is solved, we're going to... We're gonna revisit uh, top the Temple of that, Doom. Top ten movies that uh, did not solve racism. <laughs> yeah, I I also am not excited about this one, even though I don't have any knowledge of it. I think I would be excited for this franchise to be somewhat reboot if Steven Spielberg was directing this movie. He is not. This is the first uh, Indiana Jones movie that will not be directed by him. John Williams is doing the score, but I just don't think it's going to be as I mean, it just it doesn't excite me anymore. Like, I think he has a lot to do with what that franchise is and how well done each of those movies are. It's not just like a kid's action movie. It's like very much like a well-crafted piece of of, of work. So, yeah, that, I think that, that influenced my decision. Yeah, it, it is being directed by James Mangold, who directed Ford vs. Ferrari, which was a great film. He directed Logan, which was one of the best X-Men films, in my opinion. And he also has Girl Interrupted, which was solid. Um, so he's got some credentials. And then if we go down the cast, I mean, Phoebe Waller-Bridge is in this movie. Mads Mikkelsen looks like he's going to be in this movie. One of my favorite actors. Um, Antonio Banderas. Uh, John Rhys-Davies is coming back as Sala. So this this has more potential, I think, than that uh, Crystal Skull movie, the fourth installment in the series. That was just a huge miss. 
Shia LaBeouf's big return to the uh, the silver screen. Not a fan. Yeah, I hate to see it. <laughs> I'll, I'll add to the list of sequels that were not mentioned. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. This is coming out, I believe, this summer. And I like the original Guardians of the Galaxy movie. I also don't mind the sequel. I think the sequel is a lot of fun as well. I'll just be honest, man. I'm just I'm just marveled out. I watched Ant Man yeah. and the Wasp, Quantumania, in theaters, and it, it's just I don't have the energy to like pretend like anything that they put out before the next Avengers movie is going to actually be good. I think a lot of this is just like incremental story work to set up these big movies that'll come out in 2025. I hope it's I hope it's good. Maybe I'll go see it, but yeah, I'm not looking forward to it at all. It's almost a dishonorable in my mind, but I don't. Hey, it's it's, it's because it's. It's dishonorable because it's Marvel. It's honorable because it's Guardians of the Galaxy, which is a franchise I actually do enjoy. Yeah, no, that's completely fair. I think the you know first installment in the series was a great movie. I'm not a big Marvel guy, superhero guy, but I remember that was very entertaining. I did see Volume Two, and it was significantly worse, but still watchable. Um, yeah. So we'll see how this Volume Three goes. Um, I think the last sequel I want to mention, and then we can jump into like some sort of extra superhero movies because there's a couple of those that are coming out, is sure. Fast 10. What do we think? Is, is the series coming back? Are we back in? Fast 5 is my favorite Fast and Furious movie. Maybe we got to go 5, 10, and then 15 when that comes out. Dominic Toretto's like, child. It's going to be racing some Hot Wheels or something. Man, how much money do they get from these <laughs> movies? It's insane that the paychecks that they must be like writing for these movies to just keep coming out. Honestly, Silicon Valley Bank just should they should produce Fast Eleven. They would be flush. I think that's how economics works. So, you know I think so. I think you're onto something there. I think Fast X might be the movie I have no feelings about in this entire conversation. <laughs> I have z I don't I have no my heart is not doing anything right now. I'm feeling no feelings right now. Like if, yeah. Fast, if Fast and the Furious is your thing, I hope you have the best time of your life in that movie theater. I I can't tell who is the villain in this. I think it's John Cena, who is playing uh, Dominic Toretto's long lost brother. Only took him ten movies. I think, the, I think the villain is us. I think we as the movie viewing <laughs> audience is the villain, and their goal is to terrorize us once we get inside the movie theater. With just how bizarre... Is this the one where they go to space? Are they going to space in this movie? I don't know if they're going to space yet. I think they're saving that for 11 or 12. Or 15. They're going to make us wait till the... Uh, oh, dude. Wait, just wait till they start... They hear about all these multiverse movies. Dude. Oh, my... <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine? I, honestly, dude... Okay, I'll say it. If Fast and the Furious introduced the multiverse, I think I'm back in. I, I think, I, think I might be back in too. I'm going to be <laughs> first in line so at the box fun. office. That would be so much fun. Wow. Uh, you know what, Burba? You might have you just done something. I can't lie. I think you might have just I'm done giving something. away these ideas for free. Can you believe that? For free. This podcast has no ads. Can you believe it? <laughs> for free. Um, a couple other superhero movies I just want to touch on briefly. The please, Marvels. Please. Yeah. Uh, coming out this year. Cool. You hear any thoughts? <laughs> I know nothing about this, so I don't, I haven't seen Captain Marvel. This is a sequel to that movie. It's also a like sequel spinoff of the the show that came out last year called um, Captain Marvel. Uh, Miss Marvel. Miss Marvel. The one Miss Miss Marvel starred. Uh, the Not marvelous Miss Maisel. That's something else. Not marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Uh, this is Miss Marvel, 
She Miss Marvel is also marvelous, but we they, they just don't call her that. Uh, <laughs> the character's name is Kamala Khan. You know, the brown superhero. Love that for her. It's not enough to get me into the movie theater. I'm sorry. I just, yeah. I, I can't no support that. With this, I can't support with this that. Is all. You know what I will I will say, though, Parva? Have you seen Captain Marvel, the, the superhero movie? I have not. 2019, 2018. That movie was shit on by critics and just, like, the overall Marvel community. And so I never watched it. Not because of that. I just didn't know. I, I didn't really care. But it makes me think that, like, it, did people shit on it because... It's like a female-led superhero and the Marvel community is super like male-dominated. Or is it genuinely just like a trash movie, you know? For that reason alone, I think I want to watch Captain Marvel and then decide if I'm going to watch this movie. Yes, right I, now, I think we as men, we should go in and have the definitive take on it. You know what I'm saying? Does this movie uh, suck or is it awesome? I think we're the right as, m- as, as men, I feel empowered to, to make that, to make that <laughs> call. <laughs> All right. We also have... The Flash, which is coming out later this year. All I know about this movie is that Ezra Miller is supposed to play The Flash. Is he, he is canceled? Extre- he is extremely problematic. <laughs> so I don't know if they're working on recasting. I feel like this movie... I thought he was out of the country. I thought he was like banned from the US or something. <laughs> I, I don't know if it's gotten to that point, but I feel like this movie was supposed to come out a couple years ago, but it's kind of just been pushed off because of this whole PR issue. I think they're trying to figure out if they're going to reshoot it. Or just kind of wait and you know let the let the you know tides readjust. I um, see, and they but it has a 2023 release date as of now. This movie is supposed to be like the um, it's supposed to be like the Spider-Man No Way Home of the DC universe, where you have Ben Affleck's Batman and Michael Keaton's Batman returning to the screen. Have you are you aware of this? Have you seen the trailer? Yeah, so Michael Keaton is in this movie and Ben Affleck, and wow. they both play Batman. Um, Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom also coming out. It's a sequel to Aquaman. Yeah. Didn't see the first one. Probably not going to see this one. Um, and one more that I want to shout out. This is another DC movie. Uh, Blue Beetle. Uh, I don't know about this one, but it's, uh, it's the, the story goes, Jaime Reyes acquires a mysterious scarab beetle that binds to his spine and provides him with a powerful suit of blue alien armor. Uh, Zolo Maraduena is playing Jaime Reyes. Uh, you might know him from Cobra Kai. He plays Miguel in Cobra Kai. Uh, Susan Sarandon is also in this movie. Oh, okay, I know her. That, yeah, yeah. And Cobra George Lopez. You told me to watch George Lopez. Sign me up. He's back. He's back. <laughs> watching Blue Beetle. Gonna <laughs> pirate Blue Beetle right now. And, um, and wow, Har- Harvey. Uh, I think Hulen, who who plays the small dog in Puss in Boots. He's also in this movie. Oh, good for him. Star-studded. Star-studded. George Lopez alone. Blue Beetle stock just rose 3,000%. Were you aware that Saw 10 was releasing in 2023? (laughs) (laughs) Did you? Saw 10 is releasing October 27th of this year. It's going to be like the Halloween movie of the year. I did not know that there were nine other Saw movies. Um, that's That's where we are. That's where we are as a society. There's 10 Saw movies. Um... Just to take all these tangents and draw another tangent, um, <laughs> these Scream movies, new Scream movie just came out, uh, and I did six. not realize uh, Scream series is pretty critically acclaimed and worth watching. Yeah, people are really into these movies. I've seen zero. I don't know. How, how about you? Zero as well. Wait, should we just have a Scream marathon? Or just... 
watching. I think I think we got to do it. We need to do it. That sounds good. I, I'm kind of down. I mean, Scream Six. People are saying is like it goes like in terms of how good the, the movies are. They they're putting Scream Six right below the original Scream mm. uh, on some lists. That might just be the hype, but it, it's it seems like it's in the conversation. So, yeah, if you're if you're a fan of Scream, go watch that movie. Um, yeah. All right, any any non sequels? I'm sure <laughs> there's more sequels. Like there's Equalizer yeah. Three. There's the Nun yeah. Two. There's there's a ton of sequels coming out this year. Oh my gosh, Berva. Meg 2, The Trench, is releasing <laughs> August 4th. Drop everything. I need to redo my top 10 immediately. <laughs> Jason Statham. He's back. I have not. Okay, so here's here's how I watched the original movie, The Meg. The Meg came out in 2018. It's about the Megalodon, the gigantic right. shark that is extinct. Uh, or maybe never existed. I don't know. Uh, either way. Unless. JK, unless. Um I did not watch this movie in theaters, nor did I watch it on streaming, but I did go to movie clips on YouTube, and I watched 1 through 10. You know how they have a movie broken down in 10 clips? So I watched 10 clips of The Meg. And you know what? I think I got it. I think I understood the movie. <laughs> the score. I think I got all I needed to know. I love uh, I love a movie that's easy to follow. Love that. Um, uh, the Little Mermaid? Uh, this is a dishonorable mention for me, I'll be honest. Yeah, I, I don't know. After that advertisement on the Oscars... Yeah, that kind of yeah, glad you caught that. I was gonna bring that up. The fact that you're doing that does not bode well for this film. It, it no. makes it feel like you're nervous. You know, they they clearly are, and they you know ABC. Basically, the deal is that the Oscars were on ABC. Uh, ABC has a deal to like street, show the Oscars, produce the Oscars for the next couple of years. Uh, Disney owns ABC, and so of course they used time during the Oscars, not just an advertisement, but in the Oscar ceremony, they said. Hi, I'm the star of the new Little Mermaid movie that's coming out. Here's a sneak peek trailer. And they just showed the full trailer. And I just thought that was really lame and kind of like corny. Like, okay, this is a not this is not about you and you made it fully about you. Um the movie does not look good, like in terms of like the, the, the 3D visuals, they don't look good. I'm, people who are fans of The Little Mermaid, my sister included, like I'm sure she's gonna watch this movie and have a good time solely because of the nostalgia. But yeah, no Disney live action remake has even cracked the surface of like being somewhat good, in my opinion. The closest they they got maybe was like that Jungle Book movie, uh, directed mm-hmm. by John Favreau ten years ago. Now, that was kind of like the one of the first ones they did. So maybe it was just because of that. Like I, I wasn't sick of them already, so it's probably not even that good. The Lion King remake is one of the worst movies I think I've ever seen because I love the original mm-hmm. too much to give it any credit so, yeah so i i hate that this is coming out and i don't want it to succeed but i want the actors to, to succeed yeah well. and it's no hate on like the cast or the directors even it's like the marketing for this movie is just the marketing and just the fact that yeah. disney has no good ideas just yeah keep doing this yeah. uh in the vein of movies set up to fail uh we have the super mario bros movie coming out okay so i wanted year. to talk about this you know what Barbara? like if you had taken one or two of my picks, I, this was going to be uh, on my list. Because <laughs> I was reaching, running out of options. Reaching for something. I was reaching. This movie, I want to dislike, but on, honestly, Barbara, I, I'm like, I'm like low-key hoping it's a banger. Like I, I kind of want it to just be like the best movie of the year. I, I think when we heard that they were making this movie and there was going to be like talking Mario and you know talking Mario characters that have never spoken... In any of the video games, beyond like a wahoo here and there, uh, people were like, this is going to suck. But that was so long ago that we've almost been able to do the 180 
to think that, yes. hey, maybe it's actually going to be great. Like, maybe this could be like a Lego movie situation. Um, maybe. You know, they got Chris Pratt to play Mario, which is probably the worst casting in the entire movie. Anya Taylor-Joy, yeah. however, is cast to play Princess Peach. They have Jack Black playing, I think, Bowser, if I'm not wrong. Or Seth yes, Rogen is playing, playing Bowser. Seth Rogen is playing somebody. I forgot who. Donkey Kong. Uh, Donkey Kong. There you go. So they got some good people that I like to play parts of this movie. Uh, I mean, the voice talent that they that they possess for animation, I don't know. But I also don't know what the story is. I, don't, I have no idea how they're going to twist and turn this. Most likely, it's going to be incredibly mid, but I'm really, I'm rooting for it, honestly. I want it to do very well. Um, and then a couple odds and ends that I have here. There's a movie called Renfield coming out this year. Um, it stars Nicholas Holt and Nick Cage. Uh, Nick Cage plays Dracula, and Nicholas Holt plays a character called Renfield, and Renfield is Dracula's lackey. Um basically like a servant of some sort. And he kind of decides that he's tired of this. He doesn't want to, you know, be Dracula's boy anymore. And he goes out into the world. He's searching for redemption. And he falls in love with a traffic cop played by Aquafina. Um, oh, so I'm intrigued. No. <laughs> I, I, I don't know, man. I'm an Aquafina fan. I, I don't know. I, Are you I, really? I didn't know this. I like Aquafina. I want to like her. I like the only thing I really, actually, truly liked her in is the farewell because she wasn't being funny in that movie. I thought she was good in Shang Chi. She was good in Shang Chi. Okay, you're right. Actually, she was good in that movie. I think because she was not the main character, though. I think if she was the main character, I would have been annoyed by her. But I think she had the perfect amount of like quips off to the side. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I think with the right script, she can succeed. Like, like aside from like her, her personally and like what, how she got started in the industry and stuff like that, I think like as a performer, she has a lot of potential. I just want to see her with like a a good project. Gotcha, that makes sense. Uh, another movie I'm looking at. This is kind of similar to Tetris, but it's a movie called BlackBerry, and it's about the BlackBerry cell phone, how it came to be, um, the kind of uh, stereotypical nerdy inventor who actually comes up with the technology and then there's a ruthless business marketing guru who kind of takes the idea and runs with it and it tracks blackberry's you know success and dominance in in the cell phone space and then its inevitable collapse as the iphone and other smartphones come out um, and its failure to adapt to the times so it seems like another movie that's gonna it's gonna have its ups and downs and i think there's some pretty good performances uh, there's already a decent amount of reviews for it. I think it's actually it's uh, supposed to debut in May. Well, there Check you go. That, that that sounds exciting. I like I like business movies in general that are like rise and fall movies. I also think that it's crazy that a BlackBerry movie hasn't been created, considering how long we've been sitting on the iPhone. Um, that that sounds fun. I'm yeah. I'm surprised I haven't heard of this. Maybe it, it sounds like it's a festival movie that's getting a bigger release now. I think um, South by Southwest is where. It- Oh, Uh, yeah. Another one I want to mention, Next Goal Wins. This is directed by Taika Waititi. Um, It follows a soccer coach who has the task of coaching the American Samoa soccer team, which is one of the worst soccer teams in the world, and he has to turn them into winners. I'm mostly intrigued because it's directed by Taika Waititi, who's amazing with these uh, comedy movies, so I want to see 
what angle he comes to this movie with. Is it going to be a comedy? Is it going to be more of a drama? Because um, I'm honestly getting some kind of like Invictus vibes from this almost. Yeah, like a like a like a funny Invictus. That sounds that sounds better than Invictus. So. <laughs> <laughs> I I like the cast of this movie. Michael Fassbender is the main character, and Will Arnett, one of my like favorite people in general in entertainment. I, I love his podcast, Smartless. And he's been in comedy movies for like 20 plus years now. One of the stars of Arrested Development. So he's in this movie. Um, and music by Michael uh, Giacchino. Hey, Ratatouille guy. Yeah, Ratatouille guy, Up guy, The Incredibles guy, one of the Mission Impossible movies guy. Lots of things. He did the Mandalorian guy, you know. So yeah, big fan of that. That's cool, man. I, I This was not on my radar. It looks like it's based on a documentary. So it's based on a mm. true story. Nice. One more to shout out. I think this might be my last one. And then if you have it's any, all you. you I got. Ready. I have none, so <laughs> you can wrap. This, uh, this up. is Poor Things. It's the next Yorgos Lanthimos movie coming out. I believe oh. it's got a 2023 release date. Um, the premise here is that the main character is a woman. Uh, she drowns herself to escape her abusive husband, and her body gets a new brain, which is the brain of her unborn child. Bro, this might be one of the there. best movies of the year. I'll be. It honest. could be. I have mixed feelings about uh, Yorgos Lanthimos movies. I really wanted to like The Lobster, but I just it's not a good movie in my opinion. Uh, but I do like The Favorite, um, and I haven't seen many of his other movies. So this this could Yorgos, be a sleeper hit. This could be a sleeper hit right here. It might. I mean, the the Academy really loved The Favorite. Uh, I'm talking about the Oscars. Like the Oscars loved that movie. The Favorite got like eight plus nominations in 2018, um, which I think one of his is latest movies yorgos lanthimos man he's one of those directors he's my favorite director of which i've seen zero movies (laughs) that makes sense no movies and i'm like i like what this guy does i've seen the trailers i've seen some clips and i'm like everything i've seen I'm, i'm so intrigued by everything he puts out he makes some pretty weird stuff he had the lobster he had um uh killing of the sacred deer killing of the sacred deer yeah so some pretty weird movies um but I think they're all fascinating. They're all like worth watching and worth studying. It seems I'm literally talking out of my ass. I've never seen any of these movies, but they're very well made. I'm down stories. to like like this one and not watch it too. You know, I might just <laughs> I might just run with it, vote for it for best picture, <laughs> and just never watch it. Oh, it stars Emma Stone and Mark Ruffalo and Willem Dafoe and Rami Youssef, the star of uh, the TV show Rami. Gerard Carmichael. Yeah, great cast. Damn, this is sick. We should have drafted this. This was really <laughs> We'll have the redraft. Next year, we'll have the redraft. Yeah, next year, we'll have to look back on our lists and see how we performed. Who really won, you know? Who really won the draft after we we know everything? That's it, man. We talked about a lot of movies. We have 20 drafted. We'll post this list on Instagram later this week so you, as the audience, can vote on who you think won. Lots of good honorable mentions, some dishonorable mentions. This was a lot of fun. Barba, any closing thoughts? Uh, just that there's a lot of interesting movies coming out this year. Uh, get to the theaters. I think this summer is going to be really good for these big box office movies. And we talked about there's some critically acclaimed, should be critically acclaimed movies coming out this summer as well. So definitely get on that. And um, I think that energy is going to carry throughout the year as we see more stuff coming out. So should be definitely. a good year for movies. Should we do a joint uh, a double feature? Saw 10 followed by Fast and the Furious I'm in. 10? I'm in. Saw 10, Fast 10? Yeah. Wow. Saw X, Fast X is how they're, uh, they're advertised. They, they line that up. 
God was looking out for us with that one. <laughs> 2023, the year of the uh, the ten peat. It's gonna be good. Thanks for joining me on this episode, Perva. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, man, I had a great time. Listeners, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Take care. Special thanks to my lovely girlfriend, Kuba Patel, for the podcast's artwork, and my good friend, Kevin Cow for the music that you're listening to now. You can find more of his music on Instagram at Wei Guang Beats. Thanks, y'all.